Got my boy Trent here, everybody. We're about to get started on the podcast. We're going to talk about the greatest you. We're going to talk about how the greatest you really means you need to learn how to be you and go through the life that God has called you to. And Trent learned how to be him. We're going to go through that journey. Let's get it. Let's get it. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, J.E. Jonathan Evans. I'm excited to be with you again. Um, and I'm I'm really excited because I got one of my boys with me because I, I know, I know y'all need some encouragement. I know there's some people out there that need to be inspired, and there's no one better to be the inspiration you need than my boy, Trent Shelton. He is in the house. What's going on, Trent? What up, J.E.? Yeah. Man, we are here. I'm glad <laughs> to be here, man. Thanks for having me. We're here. Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Rehab Time. Mr. Mr. Rehab Time. Now, you, I want to let y'all know, we played football together at Baylor. Yep. Uh, we were roommates with the Washington Redskins. Um, and so I, I was there when he had <laughs> 3,500 Twitter followers on social media. And I was looking at him like, man, you got 3,500? Yeah, and now that's changed to, what, 12 million, something like that? Yeah, something like, like that, man. So so God has really done a work in your life. Um, tell me a little bit about your story that people may not know uh, yeah. that may you may feel like are the most important pieces. Yeah, so um, like Jay said, uh, football player, that was my identity. And like for a lot of us, like I always like to put this in the context. I mean, maybe it's not football for you, but just something that, you know, was your dream or your vision. Sometimes it's a relationship and it didn't go out the way it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Obviously, you know, I wish I could still be playing or, you know, I wish I would have had a, you know, I would have retired after a 14, 15 year career. But it was three years uh, getting cut, released different cities and, you know, even result to me playing arena football. And in that time of me getting cut, I was losing myself. I was questioning my worth. Uh, doing things that I knew wasn't right and didn't lead me to the life I wanted to live. And, you know, having my son Tristan really helped me become a man. Like Tristan was the the point where it was like, okay, I got to man up because he's going to follow my footsteps. So he was the catalyst to that part. And as far as like the rehab uh, time, as far as me knowing like, okay, like I have to really take this seriously was Anthony Arline uh, committing suicide. And it was just, a wake up call for me to have, you know, college roommate, somebody, you know, we play with. It's like, man, life is real. And it was just, it was, it was sad because it was like, I knew probably the reason because he lost something, relationship mm -hmm. or football. And so I was like, man, I want to make sure that if people lose something, they don't lose their life. Because I know I felt too losing football, wow. you know? So that's why you hear a lot of my messages like, hey, remove this. Or if you lose this, like, keep pushing because that was my promise to him. Well, that's great. I mean, just thinking about your story, because I knew Anthony Arline and I know the football struggle. I was reading the book thinking that is this story is like my exact story. Yeah, because I've always run, wanted to run out of the tunnel. It was all about the NFL. That was my identity. That what I was. That's what I was trying to do. And it's, it's not that God was trying to stop us from running out of the tunnel. He just wanted us to run out his way. Yeah. And when you learn to submit yourself to God's way and God's tunnel for your life. Then you get to run out and you get to play all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you get to run out and you actually have to have a good time. You get to live your purpose. You get to live your passion. And and like you say, you get to be the greatest you. And yeah. so uh, so the greatest you has to do with, with not just doing what you want to do, but finding what God has put you here for so that you can actually do it. So that, that leads me to the book. 
Yeah. Trent's got a book, ladies and <laughs> yeah. gentlemen. I, I, listen, this is my college boy. This is one of my college boys. And I'm looking at him like, man, you wrote a book. I used to. Like, we, I didn't even read books. <laughs> I know. That's, that's, the, you know. that's the funny part about it. Like, I didn't even read books. But that was part of my rehab process, man, because it's like mind, body, and soul. And so, like, I started picking up books even though I didn't want to read them. And so to have a, you know, a, a traditionally published book um, that's all across the world is crazy to me. You know, I went to Barnes & Nobles, the place I used to go to in the rehab process. I used to go to that Barnes & Nobles and, like, pick up books and just sit in there and read it because I was just trying to, I wouldn't say fake it till I make it, but put myself in an environment to where it's like, okay, like, let me, I heard you reading books, you can grow, let me do this. Yep. And to go back in there, and, like, I went in there and it was like, uh, I was looking for my book. And I was like, where is it at? And they were like, I was like, I wanted to sign them. And she was like, Oh, you're the you're Trent Shelton. Like everybody's been here. Like you're from Fort Worth, and it's gone. We have no more. And so it was like a surreal <laughs> moment to be like, "Dang, that's that's dope." That's crazy. But you know why? You know why it's gone? Is because of the greatest you. It, yeah. it, it's gone because you figured out that doing things your own way is not the way. Yeah. You figured out that finding purpose for your life is really the tunnel that you can run out to to really be the greatest you. And the greatest you always impacts other people. So talk about um, um, the great issue as it relates to impacting other people, because we live in a culture right now that's that's really narcissistic. Yeah. Like people are using social media not like you're using it. Yeah. They're, they're using their platform not like you're using it. They're using their platform really to build them up instead of understanding that the things that you've gone through in life are to build others up. And then that plays its way back to you. So talk a little bit about that in yeah. the book. Yeah. So. The greatest shoe is about servanthood. It's about serving. And, you know, one of the things that I tell influencers today is, you know, it's not about what can people do for you? What can people buy for you? But it's about giving value and helping people through your journey and through your story. And I think that's like one of the greatest ways to heal is mm -hmm. being able to say, oh, my pain had a purpose greater than that. Or, you know, all oh, those bad chapters, you know, were really just creating the great chapters in my life once I submitted to God and realized that I'm going to live for him. And that's hard because letting go of your own way, um, letting go of your dream and what you want to do. Like, I didn't even want to walk into what God called me to do so many times. I mean, you had to talk me into it. People in, 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 <laughs> throughout life had to talk me into it. And I didn't want to do it. And I was scared. But it took me stepping, taking that step of faith and really stepping into it to realize, like, OK, this is what I was created to do. Like, this was the avenue for my life and the placement. And I talk about this in, in the book about purpose. Mm -hmm. um, chapter two. Because everybody asks, like, what's your purpose? And the thing I like to tell people now, I don't feel like purpose is an external thing. I don't feel like the world has it. It's an internal gift. And the more you dive into, you know, uh, even just your past and dealing with the things that have been holding you back, I think you discover that real and true you. And you are purpose. Like, God created you for that. And you literally can take your life anywhere and shine God's light. So if rehab time was over, you know what? I can still take my life to something else and shine my light. So I want people to know that because I think a lot of times we think purpose is tied to placement, like a placement or a title or a job. And I don't feel like it's necessarily tied to that purpose is using your, li your life to shine God's light in whatever way you want to do it. So purpose is you. Exactly. That's what, that's what I remember reading in the book, chapter two, uh, when you said purpose is you, but that means that you got the you that you have to get the you that the purpose is for to actually walk by faith. There you go. Like you got to, because you also talked about the fear. Like I'm not no speaker. Yeah. I'm not, man, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, this is not what I am. I mean, I'm, but it's really about taking yourself out of the picture and allowing God to use you like a tool. Yeah. So, so that you can, you can become whatever God decides that, that you are. And, he, and really 
It is you. It's just something you're afraid of because all of your experiences, you talked about going with your mom to the conferences and, yeah. and your dad being a pastor and and you have all of these people talking to you about knowledge and truth. And, and this has been happening your whole life. But really, we think something is not us just because we're afraid of it. Yeah. And so and so talk about fear and how that really because you, you mentioned that in the book and how that really, really holds people back from actually experiencing their purpose. Yeah, I mean, the fear of a lot of things, the fear of being judged, the fear of failing. Um, and what helped me like get over fear was like speaking, right? And actually, it's funny. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but it was skydiving. Like I went skydiving. I didn't want to do it. And uh, Kenneth, who does the yeah, shirts, he yeah. bought it for me. And I was scared, man. And um, when I was up there, I just evaluated like why I was so afraid because we were like, I think, 15,000 feet in the air. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to do this. So let me create the best experience I can with it. But Fear to me is this, like creating a known result from a situation you haven't experienced yet. So I'm telling myself what it's going to be before I even go through it, right? So I'm like, okay, the parachute's not going to open. I'm creating all these negative experiences, so why would I ever walk through the door, right, Mm -hmm. if it's on the other side of something negative? So I changed it. I said, you know what? You know, it's going to be incredible. And so I, I, I evaluated that with speaking. If you're afraid to go on stage, what are you probably telling yourself? Oh, you know, like, I'm going to mess up. All these things. Yeah. I'm going to forget. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm going to forget. Like, so why am I going to go out there? So now, when I, like, backstage, every time I'm like, because I have my nerves, I'm like, you're, you're being selfish right now because you're focused on yourself. You're focused on how you're going to look. And I say, you know what? I'm going to focus on servanthood and serving and just be who I am, whether it's, you know, imperfect or I mess up and God's going to use me. And so I changed what awaited on the other side of that door. And so now I walk through that door with power, even if it doesn't go like I want it to go, there's always a learning lesson from it. So I think when you look at fear like that, it'll help you step into the ring. You know what I'm saying? It'll help you step into the ring. Uh, one of the most, uh, you, you said a lot of great things there, but uh, one of the things that you were saying is actually that I was being selfish by actually having the fear. Yeah. Because the fear was narcissistic in itself. The fear was thinking about me. It wasn't thinking about who I was serving or who I was up there doing it for. It was thinking about me. And so what people need to understand is that your fear is just an inverted way of having pride. There you like go. People think pride is That's me facts. thinking too high of myself. But sometimes pride can be you thinking too low of yourself because yourself is still the subject. That's right. So as long as you are the subject, it's pride. It doesn't matter if it's I'm the best or I'm the worst. And both of those directions can can put you in a position where you never live your purpose because the pride will have you not working as hard as you should, but being too low will have you in a position where you never step into the ring that you should. That's right. So it's a it's a pride thing. I love the way we feed yeah, off each man, other. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do the conversations often. we have off 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 uh, off the mic for sure all the time. But it's about rem- removing the negativity. Yeah. So I'm I'm going through the book right now. And I'll finish it before June 1st. That's my that's my deal. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but one of your big things I see in your videos, all of those different things, is removing that negativity. We talked about fear, but yeah. sometimes it's people. Sometimes So go into, because there's somebody who's going to be listening to this who wants to step into that. And whether it's them getting in the way, but sometimes it's a lot of other things or people that yeah. are getting in the way that are too hard for them. You talked about how hard it is to remove some of those yeah, things. Yeah, it's big. But how you're blessing them and you at the same time. So there's two things. Let me. So I look at it as an illustration. So if I had the the, uh, the most beautiful rose in the world, right, like has the most potential to grow into like a, a great rose. But if I put that rose in the wrong environment, it's just going to become a worthless flower, right? Mm. And so a lot of us are that rose. We're just in the wrong environment. And so what I like to talk about is look at every connection in your life as a bridge. 
every connection. Okay. So people, your habits, et cetera, where are those bridges leading you to? Are they leading you to a lesser you, uh, a more fearful you, a destructive you? Hmm. And you have to burn the bridges in your life. People say don't burn bridges, but there are bridges, whether it's personally in your life, that you can't no longer do habits, or there's people that you have to burn those bridges because if you don't, they're going to keep you in that same place. And it prevents right. you from building the bridges that you need to build because mindsets are contagious. As long as I was around a certain group of people, I would have never had the mindset to have what I have now. That's why I love being around you because you opened up my mindset. You forced me to grow. It's like you forced me to look at life in a different way. So evaluate the bridges in your life. And then at the end of the day, it's sometimes it's hard when you know somebody's bad for you. Like that's kind of easy. But sometimes it could be good people in your life that don't lead you to the place where you want to go. Maybe they don't challenge you. Maybe they're lazy and it just rubs off on you. And so now hanging around them, you catch that mindset. So that's where it kind of gets difficult. And people say, well, how do I? Sometimes you got to love people from a distance. It's like, listen, where I want to go, I know you're not willing to go there right now. It's I understand it, but I'm going to go do it. And ironically, a lot of times is you help, you know, a lot of my friends like, and I'm not going to say their names, but I literally I know by me saying not necessarily burning the bridge, but by, by, by me saying, you know what, I'm going to go live my life. They'll disconnect a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And now they're now seeing it. They're now becoming better men or et cetera because they benefited off the change or they saw like, oh, wow, OK, Trent changed his life. This is what it's about. That's let right. me let me do it. So she so actually the, bless people by starting out with the hurt exactly starting out with the hurt and that happens a lot of time but one of the most important things i think you were saying is that walking away from somebody is not always walking away from the things that are negative yeah because you think about man yeah i need to put this you know if i can use the bible terms put this sin down in my life i need to put this i need to put but it's easy to think about the things you need to put down that you know aren't good for you exactly but when you're in a relationship and that person has been good for you for so long, but you can tell that their mindset and their values are not matching where you're trying to go, then it makes it really difficult because you're thinking about all the positive experiences you've had. And those positive experiences that you've had have brought you to a certain point. But the 10 yard line is still not a touchdown. And you're still trying to figure out, you're still trying to figure out how to cross the goal line and you're just not getting any more progress. It makes it very difficult to say, okay, now at this point in the game, we have to change quarterbacks. I've been riding with you all season. <laughs> I love I've been, it. I've been riding with you all season, but we have to change quarterbacks now. And it's a hard thing for a coach mm. to do. But he's got to think about the whole team, the whole coaching staff, all the people on the sideline that really need to get across this goal line. And so that is hard. So there, itself, there's man. somebody, yeah, there's somebody. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording this. Yeah. I'm going to need to go back and listen. There's somebody listening to this right now that that wants to be the greatest you. Uh, you need to be the greatest you because you're only going to get one shot at being the greatest you. One thing my dad said is life is like a dollar bill. You get to have it, but you're only going to get to spend it once. So you got to spend it well. I'm going to end it there because I'm not going to give everything away. <laughs> Y'all got to go get this book. This book is crazy. I'm only halfway through. I've gotten through chapter five, but I, it's one of those books that you can't put down because it's teaching you how to be you. And the greatest version of that. So go get it right now. It's all over the place. You can yeah. get it online. You can get it in physical stores. I mean, it's all over the place. Get it right now. Share it because not only do you want to be the greatest you, but you want other people around you to be the greatest them because they're going to y'all are going to help each other continue right. to go higher. And so I want to thank Trent for coming. We are having an event in Dallas June 1st where he's doing his official physical book launch. And it's going to be at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship June 1st. It's for the Young Adults Ministry of that particular church. 
Um, and I say that particular church is my church, uh, for the Young Adults Ministry. So 18 to 40-year-olds, uh, uh, we're asking you to go sign up at ocbfchurch.org forward slash generate. ocbfchurch.org forward slash generate. You can sign up. It is a free event, and you're going to get Trent Shelton. We have artists, Todd Delaney, Corinne Hawthorne, uh, Shy Speaks, The Truth. I mean, it's going to be a crazy time. Food trucks, fellowships, games. So uh, there's only... A few spots left, but you can also get a signed copy of Trent Shelton's book, Meet Him Personally. And so once again, Trent, thank you for being with us. It was fun as always. Man, appreciate and we got to do this more often. Let's do it, man. It, it was too fun. We'll see y'all.